me thank God in this place for our choir. Help me thank God. Come on, you got to do better than that. Thank God you made it here. Thank God that you're here. Thank God for our media ministry, our praise team, just all of you. I'm always grateful to see greeters at the door with smiling faces. I believe it's a testament of God's amazing grace that we get to gather in this sacred space to celebrate him. And I want to make sure that I'm not in here by myself. When the Bible declares, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Is there anybody glad on this morning that you made it here and that you made it here today? I hope you are. Because you might have been hanging around with us for a while as Don together, we've been talking about encounters with Jesus and how together is, as we encounter Jesus, we discover that our lives, once we truly have an encounter with Jesus, will never be the same again. Galen, I just, I just thank God for that truth because the reality is that our life would not be worth living if we did not know Jesus. And I don't know about you, if you're tuned in online or you're here in person, I just want to encourage you to continue seeking encounters with Jesus and your life will forever be changed. Our message for the morning is coming from, again, the Gospel of John. We've been in John during the course of this series and today we're going to be in the ninth chapter, the ninth chapter of the Gospel of John. And as you make your way there, I want to share with you an experience that I had earlier on, well, I should say Friday of last week. So good to see you. It's been a while. Uh, on Friday of last week, I think I see twins in front. I'm trying to get my eyes adjusted, you know. Uh, Friday of last week, there I was. Um, I had the privilege of speaking to the Breakfast Club. And these is a collection of um, entrepreneurs and, and businessmen of our community and our county. Um, and I had the privilege to speak before them. And I saw a face uh, that I was familiar with, Fred. I mean, really, uh, this brother and I have served on boards together. Um, and I saw him and I knew him, but something was different about him. Um, I, I saw him. I knew him. His name's Larry. Larry uh, grew up Jewish, um, not only in ethnicity, but also in belief and practice. And uh, he and I were began to talk. But I noticed something, Dominique, that was different about him. LJ, you ever saw somebody, you saw him before, but when you saw him this second time, there's just something that was just different about him. When I saw Larry this time, uh, something was different about him. There was a light in his eyes that I hadn't saw before. Liz, I had, I've been praying for you. There was a light in his eyes that I, I hadn't saw. And I, I looked at Larry. Larry, something has changed. He said to me, he said, I did it. I, I, I'm looking at him, Vern. I, I want to say you did what? But I thought that might be rude. So I just said, well, man, I'm glad you did. He said, no, you don't get it. He said, I, I, I really did it. I said, well, well, man, I, I'm, I'm happy for you. Uh, you know, some people, you got you to be careful. You know, this, this cancel culture style, you never know, man. I might say the wrong thing, and all of a sudden, I'm on news or something. Uh, uh, and so uh, I said, Larry, I said, I said, man, I'm happy for you. He said, no, no, no. Listen, I accepted him. I said, that's it. I see it. I see it. He said, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I said, that's it. That's the light that I see in your eyes. Saints of God, I want to remind us through the word of God that our lives ought to be lived out in the light of Jesus Christ. That Jesus, get this, is the light of life of all who believe in him. That's the message, actually, that Jesus is teaching in the temple uh, in the eighth chapter that leads into the ninth chapter of our study. 
because he was teaching in the temple, and when he declared to those Jews in the temple the, that he was the light of the world, in that 8, chapter 12 verse, where he says, I am the light of the world, well, follow me, we'll never walk in darkness, there were some Jews there who believed. And so June, it's important for us to realize that there were Jewish believers in the Bible and are in the world today, uh, and then, but also there were those who did not believe. And those who did not believe when they heard Jesus say that he was the light of the world, get this, they were willing to push Jesus out of the worship space. Did you, did you catch that? That when they heard that he was the light of the world, they didn't want Jesus to be in the temple. And so they pick up stones because they want to push him out. And as they push him out, he leaves from where he is not wanted, Alice, and he encounters someone on the way. Now, now we open up in the ninth chapter. I hope by now you had time to get there. Um, normally these introductory uh, times is to help you because some people need a table of contents anointing where well, you need to go there. It's okay. I, we, don't, we don't judge you for it. just want you to, to get there. Meet me now in, in the Gospel of John, particularly in that ninth chapter. And I really want you to pay attention to this profound story that is found in our sacred text. Uh, oftentimes, we don't read enough passages, but today, I really want you to get the, 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 the crust of this story. So, follow with me in your copy of God's Word. That be digital, that be um, paper, um, but your copy of God's Word. Follow me in the ninth chapter. As he, he being Jesus, passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the work of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with his saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Solomon, which means scent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Somebody say seeing. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, It is he. Others said, No, but he's like him. He kept saying, I am the man. So they said to him, Then how were your eyes opened? He answered, The man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes. And said to me, go to Salome and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who was formerly been blind. Now it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight. And he said to them, he put mud on my eyes, and I washed, and I see. 
some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. So they said again to the blind man, what do you say about him since he opened your eyes? He said, he is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight. But they called the parents of the man who had received this sight and asked them, Is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he see? His parents answered, We know that he's our son. Well, thank God for parents who still claim their children. <laughs> we know he's our son and that he was born blind. But how he now sees, we do not know. Nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He's of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus to be Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he's of age. Ask him. So for the second time, they called the man who had been blind and said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, whether he's a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? That's a great question. Do you also want to become his disciples? No, that really wasn't rhetorical. I'm really asking you. Do you also want to become his disciple? If your neighbor didn't say nothing, this is a good time for you to pray for them honestly and earnestly because we want you to make the decision today to be his disciple. Continue reading with me. And they reviled him saying, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, why, this is an amazing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began had it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, you were born in utter sin and you will teach us. And they cast him out out of the synagogue, out of the temple, out of the church, because he wanted to be with Jesus. Check this out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And having found him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? He said, and who is he, sir, that I might believe in him? Jesus said to him, you have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. Don, he said, Lord, I believe. 
I believe. If no one else believes, his testament is, I believe. It is my earnest prayer that with all that we hear from the pages of Scripture, that we began to truly see the works of God, not only through Scripture, but the works of God that can be worked through our lives if we would only believe. One thing I love about the text, Juan, one thing I love about the Bible is that the Bible does not um, sanitize the biographies of people's pain and persecution and, and, and what they go through, the trials they go through, just to make it an easy story. I know a lot of times we read these passages and we run past them. We, we read these passages, Pastor, Pastor George, and, and we just we, we read a blind man and really doesn't, don't take into account what that really means. I mean, really take into account the context of the text. Because this man who has an encounter with Jesus, I might say an unrequested encounter with Jesus, is blind. He's not just blind, but he was born blind. Which means he never saw light. He always navigated life in darkness. He had to live a life of other dependency upon other people, other people telling him what to perceive, other people trying to define for him his limitations, other people having to take him everywhere he went. Can you see him as a child as he's navigating and his parents there to protect him, Eli, as he's stumbling over things because he's a child but born blind? Can you see him now as his parents then deliberated in private because they didn't think he could hear them? But you know that anybody with a born visual impairment generally has an acute sensitivity to hearing. Parents didn't think the kids, the kid would hear. You know, kind of like we do right now when we have our discussions. We think kids don't hear kids. Y'all hear, huh? No, don't tell on yourself. Don't tell on yourself right now. Um, and, and could, you, could you see him now blind and he's leaning up against the door and he hears them talking about whose fault it is that he's born this way? Because we know that visual impairments oftentimes when a child is born blind, it could be due to some virus that was carried by the parent. It could be due to some injury that was caused in the birthing time. It could be a genetic disorder. It could be a, um, a mental brain disorder. But we know that somebody was trying to point blame. We know that because when the Disciples who walked with Jesus, people who received the compassion of Jesus, saw the man's condition. They even asked Jesus, who, whose fault is this? Hmm? Who, who's, who's to blame with this situation? I, I, I suspect that this, that this man, as he became into manhood during the adolescent years, was, was probably pondering, why me? I mean, why, why did it have to be me to experience this condition? Why, why is this my struggle? What did I do to warrant this? Perhaps his parents were asking the same. What did we do to cause our child to have this particular disability? Don't leave me here by myself. Have you ever been in a situation with God where you said, why me? I need some real people just for a moment here. You ever been there before? Well, you, you may not have been physically blind, but you were in a situation like, God, why me? Why was I this way? Why was I put on display? Why does everybody know my problem and my problem is public and I got to deal with it in a private pain? Anybody in here? 
Here, this man, he, he's not seen, he's, he can't see anyone, but I love it. I can't rush it, Lee, but Jesus sees him. Oh, we, we don't get it just yet. Let me, let me help you for a moment. He can't see, and he doesn't even request uh, from the Savior. He can't see the Savior, but the Savior sees him. He doesn't ask from the Savior, but the Savior initiates this encounter with him. And I'm so grateful that we serve a God who loves us so much that if we don't have the sense enough to be able to see him, recognize him, and ask for him, he loves us enough to come where we are. And no matter if you reach your hand out or not, he's still loving you enough to grab you and make a difference in your life. Ah, because when you're in the counter with Jesus, you realize he'll change your life. This blind man is here and he's, uh, that question is being raised, being asked, why is he in this situation? And don't, don't, don't be too judgmental of these disciples because, you know, I have a sneaky suspicion that some church folk who are just like some of these disciples. I'm looking for friends, you know, and when I say things like this, I, I look for friends. I can't look at anybody because I get an email saying, Pastor, why you was talking about me in church? No, 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 no. Uh, but you know, uh, some people, not here at Jersey Village, but, 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 but some people, you know, you tell them to pray for you, and next thing you know, they, they're trying to accuse you why you're going through what you're going through. Not, 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 not anybody in here, but you know, some people, and you say, pray for me, they say, well, you know, the reason you're going through that is because uh, you, you didn't pay your... You, you didn't come to my life group. You didn't come to, 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 to my area. Uh, you sit on that side of the sanctuary. That's why you're going through that. No, 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 no. Come here for a moment. Let's go into Bible country because the Bible teaches us that sometimes God will assign you to go through trouble because God trusts you with the level of trouble he's assigned you to go through. I'm in Bible. Because in Job, you read Job, Job didn't do anything. God picked him out to be picked on because God has a purpose for the pain that he was going through. Not just Job, but young Joseph. When you look at Joseph in Genesis, as Joseph was called by God, he was kicked out of the family by his brothers, put into a pit from the pit, went into Potiphar's house, and Potiphar's house was accused of being a sexual criminal and predator, put into prison, forgotten why he was in prison. But when he got out of prison into the palace and his brothers came to make sense about what he was going through, he said, what you meant for evil, God meant it for my good. I'm trying to help somebody in here understand it's not always your fault. What you're going through sometimes is the platform that God puts you on so that his grace could be on display. Uh, let me put it this way here so you can tweet it right. That sometimes God will allow you to go through some things so he can showcase his grace. And anybody here been a showcase of God's grace? I'm looking for a moment here. Anybody in here, you know when you look at your life, you realize that the only reason I'm still here, all the, can I say that word up in here, all the stuff that I had to go through, the reason I'm still here is because, not because I was so smart, not because I had it all together, not because I knew every single thing that I was supposed to know, it's only because of God's amazing grace. Anybody in here, that's your testimony? Anybody in here at home and abroad, that's your testimony. If you knew the stuff I've been through, the only reason I'm still here is his amazing grace. It's in the text. I see God's grace and the fact that God's grace got him from childhood to adulthood, even though he was blind. I hope you see that. It's right there in the text. And if that's not enough for you, I can go ahead and testify right now. Um, like many of you, I don't always make my personal, pain, my personal pain public, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you anyway just for a moment as, uh, by way of, of reality for you. Because this is real, but it's also real that God still picks people out in order to be a grace case. I'm trying to help you for a moment here. Because, you know, you may not know this or not, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Uh, it was years ago, years ago, that 
my optometrist um, recommended that I go see my ophthalmologist. Kiana, you know where I'm going with this. My optometrist recommended I go see my ophthalmologist, Sam, before my kids were even born. He recommended I go see him because he saw something that uh, he thought was peculiar. So he sent me to a specialist, told me to go check out this specialist. I go check out the specialist, and there this man pulls out some tools. I went through a battery of tests, test after test after test, and this man pulls out these crystal lenses, and he puts it up against my eye. You know when people get too close for comfort? You know, they're all up in your space. You ever, uh, I'm the only one that has that issue. Okay, there it is. Uh, and so I want to back up, but I really can't. And so here, he's examining it, and he's looking, and he's inspecting, and I won't ever forget his words. Mike, he told me, he said, wow, you're so young. But it looks like you have an advanced stage of glaucoma in both eyes. With only 5% of your optic nerve remaining in both eyes. Tell me, young man, as he peered in my eyes, what did you say you do for a living? I said, I'm a preacher and a pastor. He says, well... I'm going to suggest that you stop preaching, that you learn Braille and, and file for disability. Uh, you said you want to have children. I said, yeah. Later on, he tells me to follow up appointment. Yeah, you're still at 5%, Ronnie, he tells me. Uh, those optic nerves, are, they're, 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 pretty, they're pretty bad off. He said, you need to go ahead and quit because you won't even see your daughter walk down the aisle or, or graduate. I tell you that story because he's no longer practicing, but I'm still preaching. And it's not because I'm so good. It's because of God's grace. Because get this, over 20 years now, those optic nerves may still be at 5% each, but God has been holding it there. And so here it is. I just want to help you understand something. You wonder why you're still going through what you're going through. Listen, don't forget God's hand is still on you even though you're going through it. And that's a testament of his amazing grace. I'm not the only one up in here because there's somebody here to testify. You know what? I got a story too that God's grace has been keeping me. I got a story too that God's grace has been holding me. I got a story too that the only reason I'm still here is because anybody in here is because of the grace of God. Ah, this blind man was still here because of God's grace. And Jesus in his compassion, when other people are trying to be critical, goes to this man and he begins to do for this man what the man didn't even ask. I hope you see in the Bible that he makes this ointment of, of mud. You should have saw us, y'all. We were driving home. Um, you know, uh, if you're following the, the CFBC devotionals, then you know that John chapter 9 was our devotional moment for Saturday. There we were in the, in the, in the truck driving home and I had the kids reading the passage because that was our daily devotion. I love this part. They were Reading the passage, Gayla, you should have saw them. They they reading and 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 babe, where's my little girl at? There she is. Uh, she reading the passage and, and and she got to that part. I had them all take turns, you know, and they were taking turns. Uh, she got that part. Uh, it said, she said, and Jesus spit on the ground and made mud. She said, Ugh. <laughs> we're getting to ponder that, that he couldn't have done it any other way. 
Ah, but notice something that when you come, to, you, you're gripped by grace, you understand that God is God and God can do it his way, the way he wants to do it, when he wants to do it. And your role is to trust when God chooses to do what he wants to do in your life. He takes saliva, his saliva. Don't get this thing twisted because saliva, all through scripture, when you spit on someone, don't spit on anyone. But when you spit on someone in scripture, that was shame. That was unclean, except when Jesus used saliva. And when he used saliva, he mixed his holy DNA with those, the raw elements of humanity in the dirt, put it together, anoint the man's eyes. The man had to move in faith. Don't miss this. He had to move in faith. And when he moved in faith to the pool of Siloam, there he washed and he came back seeing why. Because he believed God, even though he didn't know what God was going to do. Come here, saints of God. I don't know what you're going through. I know you may be in a dark place in your life. You may be dealing with some struggles you can't make personal. But I do know enough about God's amazing grace that God can shine light no matter what your dark place is. And when you believe him, no matter what the outcome is, when you believe him, God will give purpose for your pain. Uh, God, God, will give, God will give you more for your trouble. God will be able to give you a testimony out of your testing time when you choose to believe him. Anybody here believe God? Anybody in here say, you know what? I'm going through something right now, but I believe that God has a plan for me. That's Romans 8, 28. All things. Let me park for a moment here. All things work together for the good. Uh, did I say all? Not some things, not a few things, not things last year, not things when I was reading my Bible more. No, all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his his purpose. Don't get this thing twisted. God has a reason for you, and he wants you to tell others what he's done for you. That's where we're getting at right now, because this man comes back seeing. Can you see him? Juan, he's never used his eyes before, so his eyes have to get adjusted to the light. He's starting to see things that he hadn't saw before. He's, I mean, you could that's enough shock and awe on this man's, in, in this man's life. Vern, he's able to see what he's never saw before. Now, many of you, you may have not had this particular experience. You may have not been born blind and, and your, your eyes are opened. Uh, but, but some of you, you did have a new prescription before. Any of you all left optometrist one day and you had a new prescription? No, no, I'm talking about the real new prescription. The kind when you're looking for the ground and you're like. <laughs> and then you get home and you see people be like, that's how you really look? Yeah, yeah, yeah new, new prescription. You understand his, his eyes are adjusting now to some new things. But what he didn't see is who did it for him. Oh, I love this here. Uh, he, he, he's adjusted and he has a, a partial testimony and yet there's still some things unsettled in his life. But look what he does. He does not allow the limited amount of what he knows that happened to him to limit him from sharing with others about what happened to him. I'm trying to help you understand something. When God has done something in your life, even if you can't be articulate, articulate in communicating it, you still ought to share it because God did it in your life life. It doesn't matter what it is. Everything God does in your life is a blessing because the Bible says all good and perfect gifts come from the Father above. Come here. Has God ever blessed you in this place? God done anything good for you in this place? Then you ought to tell somebody. If he was good to you, then it'd been good enough for you to tell others just how good he is. Because there are those who are in darkness who don't know Jesus as the Lord, light of the world. There are those that we are connected with in community who don't know 
the reality of Scripture. They, they read Scripture and say, oh, that, that don't happen anymore. But then you could tell them, wait, hold on now, hold on now. I can tell you my own life. There was a time in my life where I was in darkness, and Jesus came and found me, and the light of Christ shined to me, and now I know I'm loved. Now I know I'm redeemed. Now I know I'm forgiven. Now I know I have purpose. Now I know I'm a part of the body of Christ, and that's why I rejoice. Somebody needs to know it. So this man, what did he do? He tells his story. They said, are you the one? Yes. Are you the one that was hanging on the corner? Yes. Uh-oh, I ain't got time to meddle like that. I ain't got time to meddle like that. Uh, but the reality is that we ought to tell our story. Your story may not be my story, but you have a story. That when God came into your life, he transformed your life. You ought to tell your story. Older generation, let me help you all understand something. The reason why most of the younger generation are as, 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 as confused as they are today is because many of us are not communicating the full length and breadth of our story. Can I talk real for a moment? It's, I got the microphone. I'm on stage. I'm going to just go ahead and tell you. Uh, sometimes we need to stop sanitizing our story and tell the truth about what we were and what we were going through at the time we were going through it and show our, our younger generation just how transformative life with Christ would be. Because if you knew me back then and you see me right now, it tells you that there's a real, true, living God and Jesus Christ transformed lives. So he tells his story. There are some who didn't accept his story, but he didn't stop telling his story. There are some who didn't believe his story, but he didn't stop telling his story. He didn't have all the details to his story. They were, could punch holes in it. Where, where is he? If this is true, if Jesus did this for you, where is he? All he could say is, Wyatt, I don't know. But this thing I do know, I once was blind. <laughs> But now I, I see. You don't have to have all the answers. You just have to know your story. Because nobody can debate with you about your story. You can tell them that I know for myself what God has done for me. That's why I want to challenge you this week as you go into your, in your community that you, you own your block and everywhere you go, be willing to tell people the reason you're hanging out door hangers because when you came to worship, you heard God speak to you. The reason you're willing to invite others to come and worship, you could tell them your story. That last time I was in worship, I was on stage, began to sing. The Holy Spirit caught a hold of me and all I know is that my life was changed. Is that anybody's story in this place? You ought to be willing to share it. Share it this week. Grab your door hangers as you're going out and own your block and invite others to come and experience worship of the true and living God. Those who you know are blind, those you know who are lost in darkness, invite them to come with you that they too might be able to experience the God who gives light in the midst of darkness. I'm almost done, y'all, because he's telling his testimony. And they did to him what they did to Jesus. In chapter 8, when Jesus said, I'm the light of the world, they kicked Jesus out. I can't even say it right. They kicked Jesus out of the temple. And then this man representing Jesus, because they said, oh, so you're one of his disciples? He's like, uh, I, I want to be. He said, do you want to be one of his disciples? I, I want to be. And guess what they did? They kicked him out of the temple. Come here, saints of God. I don't want you to go out naive. Here's the reality. Some people can't handle the truth of God in your life. 
Some people can't handle the transforming work of God in your life. Some people knew you before you got in Christ, and all they think is that you will come back with them, back into the life you were in before you met Christ. But even if they can't handle it, you still tell it until they can't stand it. And hopefully what's going to happen in their lives is that Christ will allow your testimony to rest on them. So years later, when they are in a dark place, don't know how to get out, they'll remember that the light of Christ shines through that brother and that sister. And maybe if I get close to Christ, he'll shine through me too. This man was kicked out. Oh, but I love this. When people rejected him, Jesus accepted him. It's right there in the text. Because when Jesus heard what had happened to him, Jesus came to him. Mm. And on this Sunday morning, many of you right now, you may be experiencing a dark place in a relationship, a dark place in life, a dark place in experiences. You got, you got a Lord who will come to you. Jesus came to him. And he said, do you believe? Do you believe, Jesus says, in the Son of Man, in the Savior, in God in the flesh? Do you, in essence, Jesus said to him, do you believe in me? And the man's testimony is, Lord, I believe. Y'all, I pray so much. Those online, those at home, those who are here, I pray so much that that becomes your testimony even today. Lord, I believe that no matter how dark today is, you can testify still, Lord, I believe that you can bring me out of this dark place. Lord, I believe that you can grow me from what I'm going through. Lord, I believe there's a purpose for my pain. Lord, I believe that what Satan tried to destroy, you can bring back together again. Do we still believe? Because when you believe in him, you'll see that seeing is not believing. That believing is seeing. And you can't stand all over the building. Because on this day, I pray for you to see God for yourself. He is here. He is calling. It is God's desire that you see the plans and purposes he has for your life. And when you put your life in his hands, he'll illuminate your path. He'll help you make sense out of the season you're in. As you trust in him, you'll see how he will be a faithful father who will walk with you. Wyatt, who will, who will go with you, who will, who will love you, who will never forsake you. And we want to pray that you see him. We want to pray that you have an experience with him. And that you too know him as a good father that he is. Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God, to grow in their relationship with him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforce.org connect. And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus in person on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.